8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. And the viewpoint it's absolutely is So welcome to the show And I look forward to getting your viewpoint And certainly the viewpoint of my big hitter for the night 891 We'll take your calls Not quite now, in about 10 minutes time uh, but, but save that number always, okay But hashtag SFM viewpoint is what you need to use If you are tweeting, which you can do right away Questions you want to put through to my big hitter You can do that My big hitter is General Bantu Holomisa The leader of the United Democratic Movement uh, There's a World Cup semi-final on the go France already in the final on Sunday Who do they play? England, incredibly Five minutes into the game, a 1-0 up with Kieran Trippier scoring a magnificent free kick. We'll give you updates on that game all throughout today's show's rest assured. So General Bantu Alamisa is with us. He's the leader of the United Democratic Movement. He is in the studio, in, um, in the Pretoria studio. Lots of things to ask him. Of course, we'll talk about land. We'll talk about race. We'll talk about the, the future of the UDM. We'll talk about coalition. We'll talk about uh, his own take on leadership and corruption and so many other things. And I look forward to your engagement as well. So General Holomisa, thanks for your time and, and appreciate Appreciate you, you being the big hitter for the night. Yeah, good evening. But it's all the wrong time, and uh, you're, as you are aware, the your 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 host today. I mean, uh, your 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 person you have invited today is a soccer fanatic. So for you to put me at eight when I'm supposed to watch semi-final. Well, I tell you what, I, I'm a soccer fanatic as well. So uh, we'll engage and, and give you regular updates of the scores and right throughout the game. And we'll talk about your own World Cup, which is actually your own career, which I think is even more important. So, so thanks for giving off your time, right? No, but on a serious note, uh, national duty comes first. Well, there you are. Absolutely. Let, let's then, let me ask you about something that is very topical that happened today. Uh, a whole range of political parties in opposition to the ruling party, the ANC, met up today, uh, effectively a commitment to, to form a coalition of sorts. And a notable absentee was the UDM, the United Democratic Movement. Why, why, was, why were you not there? Why was your party not there? Well, the UDM, uh, for record, uh, is still part of the coalition we work uh, with the other coalition partners, for instance, in Johannesburg Metro. Uh, but uh, for in Nelson Mandela Bay, uh, since uh, my man, uh, self and Trollip, uh, said uh, they had the prima facie evidence of corruption against Bobani, we asked them to go and investigate the matter. I think it was uh, uh, April last year, and they told us that uh, they have appointed PwC uh, company to investigate this audit firm. And then uh, we understand that the inquiry was finished long time ago, sometime last year. But what uh, amazes us is that uh, uh, they don't want to table the report to the council, and uh, they don't want to share the final report with us. But thanks God to the media, they've 
secured a copy of that, and it proved that there was not there's not even a reference to Bobani in terms of their findings. So we said to my man, please, you have accused the uh, UTM and Bobani of uh, being doing wrong things. Mm-hmm. Would you mind just to utter an apology to us uh, for Nelson Mandela Bay? And uh, he has uh, not responded. And we have told him when he invited me last week uh, that uh, I am not ready to share a platform with him until he has tabled that report or instructed his counselor, Trollip, to table the report, make it public, and then apologize because uh, they were... They were moving all over the country, accusing uh, Bobani of the UTM. And uh, Bobani has been saying, I've done nothing wrong. Okay, so we'll maybe talk about that in a second. But essentially what you're saying is that the the reason you did not attend is because an issue around a person from your party, that issue around with your party and the, and the DA has not been resolved. And therefore what? It's, 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 uh, it would not I be will, the right thing I will thing not share any platform of around coalition discussions at local government level with him. He must forget about that. Next question. Okay, so, so to confirm, not when you say with him, with, with who? That is the DA. With the, the DA. DA leader. Or the DA is a party. With my, okay, with, with everybody. The leader yeah. as well as just everybody from yeah. that party. All right. Uh, and, and we're going to move on. What would it take then for you to share the platform? What, what should be happening? They must publish that finding, table it in the council. Because they have spent council meetings. It must be debated. And whoever misled the council in order to use the, the council monies must pay that money. That should be the DA who must, uh, must pay that money. If they are not going to, debate, to table it to the council, that means they have misused council uh, resource, uh, resources in order to achieve a nefarious political objective, which that nefarious objective anyway is now becoming an egg on their face because they found nothing on Mobani. Okay, it's certainly a story that... Can, can we pass on on this one well, because well, it's clear? Well, we are passing on. We, we're going to move yes. on to other things now. L- let me then talk about, you know, yourself and your role in South African politics. I mean, you've been described by some people as, as the great survivor. You've, you've been around for a long time and you've endured virtually from, from very close to day one in terms of a, a democratic South Africa. W- what would you attribute that to, the fact that you've survived when many others have not? <laughs> it's simple. From the time I assumed power in Transkei, I declared that I would be betting on a wicket of anti-corruption. And if you follow the history of Holomisa, you will find that I've managed to hit sixes and fours. I don't go for singles and second, two shots and so on. I go for fours and sixes. Right from Matanzi Mastaus, you are now uh, PIC, I mean, uh, PIC Saga, IEC chairperson. If I 
analyze the situation and, and we discuss it in our party, that this one we must sustain. We sustain and we normally succeed. Constitutional court cases against Zuma, against uh, corruption, you were here. I was one of the leading parties uh, in winning those court cases. Mm-hmm. So we are betting on a wicket of promoting the ethics of good governance. Because if you allow the monies, public monies, to be misused uh, by crooks, you will never address the problems of South Africa. Hashtag SFM Viewpoint. Lots, uh, lot more updates we'll certainly have. We'll get, uh, we'll get your thoughts. So I'll get to the callers in a second. Motaung, Eddie, just stick around. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. In fact, I'll try and take maybe four calls uh, in one go. Then we'll pick up further thoughts later. My guest is General Bantu Holomisa. Now, interesting, you made the point about uh, you being the great survivor because of your very, very strong stance you've taken against corruption. You've done that consistently. So, if, if that is the case, right? Wh- why don't you think your party? hasn't been bigger than it is. If, 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 if you're taking up such a high, strong, moral, righteous stance, and, and thank goodness that may be the case, why, why do you think you haven't grown? Well, it hasn't grown because uh, you need resources in South Africa in order to grow your party. And uh, we have not been priv- privy to that, uh, to slash funds. Uh, because what we have noticed, those who are in government locally as well as nationally. They survive because they allocate uh, tenders to the people whom after that they demand 10% back to their party coffers. It is for that reason, small. I think we just, okay, let's just try and sort out that line there. Uh, do, I, do I still have you there, uh, General Holomisa? Okay, I think we've just lost that line for a second. We'll try and reconnect. Uh, it's it's England 1, Croatia. No, that's the one thing. I will take your calls. There are people who are tweeting, and, and they're great that you are. You can ask questions, of course, when you when you do just that. Hashtag SAFM viewpoint. Uh, let me see if I can get the callers. But but the problem is, the, the, what I'm having the problem with is, if I get the callers without the guests, it can be problematic. Okay, let's get to the callers. Motawung uh, from Joburg. Uh, General Holomisa is listening in. Go, go ahead, uh, Motawung. Hi, Ashraf, how are you? Very good indeed. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead. And good good evening to, to the General. Evening, uh, first, I would like to, to say to General Holomisa, you do have a support in South Africa. And I'm not going to speculate and say what is happening. And uh, the other thing that I want to ask from you, the possibility of South Africa to vote direct for, for, for somebody for not a, a party. What will it take for, for that to happen? Because as we can see, most of uh, the, the, the municipalities that are in, uh, uh, like, let's, let's look for here in Gauteng. Most of those municipalities are dysfunctional because of uh, them uh, having this multi-party in. And uh, it's, 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 not, it's not working that one general. And uh, we will maybe love if it can be possible for us as South Africans to vote for 
a person direct, and that person will be the one who will choose the government of the day. Okay. Thank you very Got much. That. Thank, you. Thank you for that. General, let me sort of respond to that. I mean, do, do you think the current system, A, is not working, and B, that specific question to, to move to a system where effectively the public, the country, the citizens, all of us can physically actually vote for an actual president directly? Uh, the guy who has just called is speaking our language. We have been calling for the uh, reforms in the uh, electoral in the in the elections that we call it electoral reforms. And uh, among other things, we have said we need to build in in the constituency build in constituency based system uh, within the current system where at least uh, you could say 60% uh, of the MPs are elected directly from the, by the voters and not through vote, just voting for a party. Uh, then also we are calling for the president to be elected directly by the people to avoid what we witnessed and, uh, in the last nine years under Zuma administration. So, yes, we support the electoral reforms in a nutshell. All right. And, and do, you, do you think the current system, therefore, is not working? I understand what you support, but... but do you, the, the current system uh, is, is, has got a lot of, cha- a lot of challenges. Uh, we need to also retain part of uh, proportional representation so that you can address issues such as gender, uh, um, uh, uh, disabled people and many other areas but such a system 60% must be reserved for constituency based 60% for constituency based okay let's let's pick up more calls and different thoughts on this Eddie from the Free State welcome to the show Eddie what's your viewpoint oh thank you my brother I just want to say to the general that we share the same team I'm also hey Don't ask me about the coach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, General, thank you very much. You know, you you have made um, a possibility of multi-party democracy um, working. Although I'm still a member of the ANC, I believe that we need strong opposition to make sure our democracy succeeds. And I'm sure even Nelson Mandela believed in that. I just want to ask you a question. You know, when you go to uh, coalition politics, I don't know whether members, uh, I'm, I'm referring to membership, do they know what are the contents of the, quali- of, the, of the coalition? Because as you guys sometimes fight there and members don't know what is happening, I'm referring to Nelson Mandela. Mm. Are members privy to the information of the contents of, of the coalition? The, then the last one, it will be, um, thanks on the PIC uh, matter, but my question is, uh, are you preparing an apology to them? <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, got that. Thank you. With a, with a bit of a laugh at the end there from Eddie, uh, that, that's been noted. Go ahead, uh, General Olamisim. The truth of the matter is that uh, the politics of coalition in South Africa uh, are here to stay. And they may even be the determining factor in the, at national level next year. So what we have done, uh, I've once more uh, coordinated a workshop by many, by almost all political parties in Parliament, 
And uh, that um, workshop was attended by the ruling party and other opposition parties. And we agreed that we may have to begin to develop some regulations so that uh, they can guide and educate uh, the people of South Africa how the coalition should operate and political parties. The same way we see it in Germany, we've seen it in Italy, but the most successful ones was, have been Germany and, uh, and New Zealand. So, yes, the, the population must be educated. But at Nelson Mandela Bay, we educated our followers, but they have now seen that uh, the big brother thought he can take a chance and bully us. So, so long on the issue of coalition. On PIC, tender apology to whom? The information I have doesn't qualify me to tender an apology. That's why I've been writing letters to President Cyril Ramaphosa. And uh, you watch, for instance, in the next two weeks, we will be in court where we are challenging the Minister of Finance to show cause why he cannot suspend uh, the CEO of PIC. So we've got a lot of ammunition. So don't worry, just, just relax. And then there's another case where we were being sued by a company uh, uh, called Harith. Uh, it's strange mm-hmm. that uh, a government institution can uh, try to say they are going to sue us because what we know about Harris is that it was a subsidiary of PIC. It was established by PIC. It was seated 100% by PIC, meaning, therefore, using the government monies, uh, pension monies. And uh, now they are telling us that uh, they are uh, 70% owners of Harris. The PIC has got only 30%. And then we are demanding to know who is this 70%, how did it uh, happen? Did they... I think we've just lost that connection once again with... Uh, Hello? Yeah, we can, Hello? we've got you back on the... I've not lost anything. All right, we've got you back on the... All right, go ahead, you Unless were saying... you guys, you want to support us. No, no, no. Okay, go, go ahead, you were saying we missed so, that last so line of yours. I see, therefore, don't worry. There will be no apology, my friend. All right, no, no apology. Yes. Just, now, now, the fact that you are being challenged, right, by certain I've, individuals... I've responded to the yeah, challenges. But, but, but the fact that you are being challenged, what does that say? Uh, what do you feel about it? I mean, you, you obviously believe you have a strong case, right? The mere fact that they would go to court and try and challenge us, whereas we are calling for an inquiry on issues which have been in the public domain tells us that the fact that the government did not act on those issues which were in the public, so they managed, they are now trying to, to, to muzzle us. Uh, they are not going to intimidate us. President Ramaphosa will have to appoint an inquiry or agree to what we are saying, that he must extend the powers of the state capture inquiry. Other than that, if they want to go to court, we welcome that because it will give us an opportunity to put on bare 
in, in, in public that look at this conflict of interest. I'm certain that we will succeed in our cases. Okay, I'm going to pick out another call. In fact, what I'll do is we'll, we'll get to Pat in in just a a moment. There's there's a couple of SMSs as well that I want to that I want to read as well. Um, and I'm just holding on for Pat because Pat, I'll talk to you on the other side. Eight to ten p.m. The viewpoint with Asraf Garda. As per, as per expected, as per usual, General Bantuolamisa certainly never sits on the sidelines or never sits on the fence specifically. He has strong views on many things. What I'll do is I'll take two more callers, then we'll, we'll, we'll hold the calls and then chat him for the remainder of the 25 minutes or so. In between all of that, we'll have an update on that uh, halftime score when we get to that, uh, between in that World Cup semi-final, right? So, um, uh, Pat from, from East London, who I just held you back till after that World Cup crossing. Go ahead, Pat. Hi. Hi, I'm okay, Ashraf, and you? I'm very good indeed, thanks. I, I want, yes, good evening. I won't be long. Uh, firstly, I must admire yourself, Ashraf, the maturity that you show in the program. And beyond that, the man I need to profile each and every speaker and give you his platform. But tonight, I'm so hard to warm because there was a situation, as you know, I've been in Cheshire for 33 years, whereby there was literally an impasse institution without any movement. By the same general we had, they moved all the way from Cape Town and brought a solution. My question is more of saying, given the caliber of a man he is, we have stood by one bet of anti-corruption. Has ever had something beyond the political career or in the current space, whereby he can begin to plant the seeds of greatness on generations to come, so that they can still hold on the baton? Or what does he have on the balls of his heart? Beyond even his political career, as well of contributing, raising up a different generation, a new breed without creating the country. I'll listen from the All right, got it. You, uh, thanks, and thanks for the compliment. In terms of the team and the guests, it's, it's very much teamwork. Lebor and, uh, and Ben and myself, we all sort of work together and make sure we get this done. Appreciate your call. Thank you for that, uh, Pat. Uh, General Holomisa, go ahead, respond to that. Uh, currently, if you look at the UDM uh, leadership, I'm busy promoting, investing, and uh, nurturing the youth which will run this country tomorrow. Secondly, if I retire tomorrow, uh, I will continue the other work I'm doing, that of uh, running charity organizations. I mean, uh, running a charity organization. One, the champions of environment to conscientize the public of South Africa about the need to preserve their environment. I've ran workshops for that. I've ran projects already in KwaZulu-Natal, in Eastern Cape. And uh, above all, I can't wait the day I leave to go and have time to play golf. Does that does that make sense to you, sir? Well, well, it does. Whether it makes sense to the to the <laughs> to the electorate, uh, who ultimately are the people that will decide, you know, how many votes the UDM certainly gets yeah. is, is left to questions here. Let's take the last call for now. We'll hopefully get some later on. Maybe Crystal uh, from uh, Matotiele. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Hello. Hey, thank you, thank you. Uh, no, I want to say there to General Bantolomisa. He's a he's a great politician. You know that guy. I always find him so amazing because I never found him wanting. You can ask him multiple questions, different kinds. You never found him not 
knowing his stuff, so he knows his stuff. But I want to ask him a question. Since he's uh, in this program of grooming young leaders, but I never, uh, you know, I'm fresh out of university. I'm four years out of university. I never met the uh, UTM student wing of some sort because, you know, when a party has a student wing, that is where loyalties are formed. You know, when you, you've been aligned in a certain, with a certain party, you'll never abandon that party, even if you go out of it. So that is the place to start. So why is the student wing of UTM not there? Or if it's there, why is it underground? I never saw it. But I want also to, 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 to address something to, to, to the general, because... You know, when I general, I no 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 unemployment and the NSFAS because I started using NSFAS in university, and then when I come here in Department of Education looking for employment, they tell me that no, you are supposed to use a bazaar. Uh, now we prioritize people who are using a bazaar. You of NSFAS. You are discriminated against. That's what they are saying. They are discriminated against. And when you discriminate against NSFAS, you are discriminated against the poor because that NSFAS is meant for the poor student like myself. But now I'm struggling here to find employment. And then there is no one. When I asked Naledi Pando in this place, she, she says she was not aware that NSFAS students are being discriminated and people who are prioritized are people of Fundalusha, those privately funded salaries. I always call to raise this issue, General. Can you try to comfort me? Okay, that's good. got that crystal. Thank oh. you for that call, General uh, General Holomisa. So two things: the the issue of discrimination against students and as for students, and the previous one also about students. In fact, uh, you know, is there a student wing or a youth wing of the UDM, and and if so, where are they? We have uh, a United Democratic Student Movement. We have uh, uh, produced graduates. These are the graduates who are now gradually taking over the leadership in various provinces. Yes, he is correct to say maybe we didn't inject a lot of energy and resources to that side. But uh, I can assure you we do have students. They are graduates. They are some of them are now councillors. I expect that uh, come 2019, you will see some of them in national provinces, provincial uh, legislatures, as well as uh, in Cape Town in Parliament. But, but I think the question would be on that one is that, that not not when they've graduated to to take up leadership positions. I mean, that's fantastic if they do that. Students, as in when they are students, there seems to be a lack of... Is there a student mobilization at campuses in the name of the UDM? You didn't hear me. I said we have a student movement. And I said we might have not uh, injected a lot of resources in order for them to be seen. But uh, in other areas, they control the the, the 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 SRC, for instance, uh, at, uh, at in, in areas like Eastern Cape, so they are there in big numbers, and also in Pretoria, TUT. Okay, then outside of a student wing, what about a youth wing? We do have a youth wing as well. Now, what about visibility? Because what I'm what I'm saying, I understand that. 
I accept that that maybe they are not visible. So we need to correct some some of the leaders to say we can't be answering on behalf of you guys. Go and 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 field questions. Okay, because also that's where your 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 new leadership and your constituency goes. I think it, it's stating yeah. the obvious. The, the 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 other point I want to go back to the issue of um, no 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 before that yeah. and as far as yes of course go ahead. Uh, you see these new policies of education. Whenever there's a new minister of education, they come up with different policies and and uh, and uh, and syllabus. When I was uh, in charge of Transkai, we used to make sure that uh, everybody, after they finished standard six, standard nine or matric, they get jobs. We ran that program up until 1994. And uh, the Transkai government would put at matric level to proceed to university. In other words, we would give them bursaries. When they have finished that, they come back and work for different departments and follow their line of a, of a career stream. And at the NSFAS, as you correctly put it, the people who are there from the poor under the so-called liberated South Africa. They are being uh, discriminated against. So if you are not from the other uh, 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 schools, private schools or model C schools, you don't get an opportunity. You can even see it in rugby and cricket. So, yes, there is a problem. There is a problem, but as we are going towards elections, you are going to hear another empty promises. The onus is on the youth of today. When a politician come and can campaign in your area, engage him about or her about these issues. There's a lot of rhetoric during campaigns. And after the elections, you vote for those people, and they don't care about you. So what was your other question you wanted to well, ask? No, the, the next one would be, I think the, the issue of land um, is, mm. is, is very emotive, but it's also very much central to, to the biggest issues in the country right now. What, mm. what's, the, what's the policy of the UDM regarding expropriation of land without compensation? Well, uh, one must, must first of all say to you, Land remains a matter that screams for resolution. Since Cordessa, we know that land speaks to the very heart of freedom, as well as economic emancipation. The UTM therefore supported <coughs> the EFF's uh, motion regarding expropriation without compensation in the National Assembly. UDM has long been calling for the economic cortes, you know that, to help in particular about 52 million blacks 
uh, who depend on mega crumbs from 3 million white population to get jobs. Since 1994, the government of the ANC has failed to invest in its own, in their own people. Therefore, land is part of the tools which can play a meaningful role in many ways. During Cordessa, we must not mislead the people. I'm one of the few who has institutional memory of what took place during negotiations. Okay, tell us. The land issue was not exhausted much during negotiations because we focus more on peace settlement. A peace settlement which uh, was uh, occasioned by the National Party government using other plagues to kill other plagues. They were dishonest when they were saying they are releasing Mandela. They are unbanning uh, the organizations. They came inside the country, leading those liberation movements into a Trojan horse. When they were inside here, after Neil Barnard and Jacob Zuma agreed that those liberation movements must come back without even carrying a piece of, even not carrying a pistol, they came in without carrying a weapon. When they were inside, the Clark unleashed the so-called black-on-black violence. It became worse in 1993 when Chris was killed. Then everybody began to press panic buttons. We all said, hey, when is the date for election? Mm, mm, mm. This is when Joe Slovo of the SACP came up and with the sunset clauses. Sunset clauses which uh, tended to put other issues in the, back, in the backyard. So when we, we supported this uh, motion, we were aware that uh, the current policy instruments, including willing buyer, uh, seller policy, and other provisions of Section 25, uh, may be hindering the effective land reform. What we the what the process is happened this process we are seeing now. We are asking South Africans, white, black and Indian colored and saying we are in a quagmire here. How do we get out of here? Okay. Let's just pause for a second because I'm very cu- curious to know, besides the sunset clause in terms of what what do you think should work? Now and your thoughts on some of the others. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. My guest, uh, General Bantuholomisa, the leader of the United Democratic Movement. Okay, so you've you spoken about the sunset clause, but in terms of the present tense, therefore, w- what is the workable solution uh, regarding the land issue? No, before you, you do, you get there. People mustn't come, come to conclusion. There's a process. Yeah. You must remember that the conflict of South Africa eh, between white and black, there were no right, there were no winners militarily. All the liberation movements can never claim that they've liberated even a square inch in South Africa. 
it was for it was Mandela and others who said, "Hey guys, let's try the negotiations." Fortunately, it took us to where we are now. What we should be doing? What should guide this debate so that you don't raise unnecessary tension? Question one. Who exactly will be affected and how in this process of, a, a, of, uh, of, 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 of land, with, of taking land without compensation? One. Number two, we need to understand that it is not going to be, it's not going to work to say the land claims and land dispute must be only started in 1910. That means you are leaving almost 60% of the land which involved the, the wars of old. Number two, how does food security and economic stability uh, impact implementation? In other words, does it, for instance, prevent expropriation in specific circumstances? And what would be those? What would uh, those be? I'm asking that question because where will the new farmers, for instance, if they get the land, get the money to produce food? We know that the Africaners, when they took over from the government, from from English Mm -hmm. uh, people, they were 100% or subsidized. Now, what is going to be the position now? Thirdly, how will government handle rapid urbanization? Uh, that means make land available to in the cities. Now, another one is to look at the traditional leaders and rural communities. How will they be affected? Another one is how will entities such as Ingonyama Trust, among others, be impacted? Uh, and lastly, what will be the effect on the land tenure system? All right, so it's very complex. We know that, right? Yes, uh, there must be a, there must be guidelines to 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 to, to arrive to go arrive at the decision okay now i understand and, and i'm i'm quoting you uh you when re- in making reference to the government and and the zulu kingdom you saying uh they should not start pressing panic buttons mm. uh what do you mean by that there's no need to press panic buttons we have rules in this country we have a government in this country we have constitution in this country we have a constitutional court in this country. What we need to do is that we need to converse under one roof and say, let us look at the road we have traveled since 1994 up to today and try and identify any inherent defects, if there are any. If we identify them, how do we fix them? One of those is the question of land. If 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 Van Tonder tomorrow we take his land without compensating him, will that farm be given to Mr. Mandashe or Holomesa? Let's say he's owning is is owning about sixty thousand hectares. Will that hect- those hectares be given to me, 
or will they be partitioned? If we agree that they be partitioned, what size will each individual get? And what guarantee that they will produce food? It's not a, this is a process, and we need to follow our pride. Not a single political party in this country will come up with one solution. We need to agree in a roundtable discussion and say, this is the suggestion, this is the model. Unfortunately, that is the only route, my friend. But do you think we'll, we'll get to that where the different political parties, the different interest groups, you know, you spoke earlier about it, economic Odessa. So whether we want to call it an economic Odessa or even a land Odessa for now, do you think it'll ever get to a position where all the parties like happened in the 1990s will actually sit down or will it actually ultimately be decided by the ruling party, which at this point in time is the ANC and they uh, having side discussions with a range of people like, of course, the Zulu kingdom will make decisions based on what they see fit. We are not going to be dictated by the ANC government, nor by any traditional leader in South Africa. If we are sitting in a round table discussion, the traditional institutions at the kings of all South Africa will come and make a presentation. The ANC will come and make a presentation. UTM, EFF, and everybody. All of us, we need to arrive at a decision. Either through a consensus, but I think uh, a one-party dominance which is going to uh, push one position, it will be a recipe for disaster. So the ANC has to come with their own position as a ruling party. But such positions, fortunately, are likely to be tested in the 2019 election. Mm. Let's talk about the 2019 election and, and the UDM, right? Yes. Uh, where, where do you think you, you will land up as a party in terms of percentage of, of the I'm vote? I'm not a Sangoma chief, uh, but I hope... Uh, that uh, the voters of South Africa will credit those parties which were in the forefront of getting rid of corrupt president. I hope that the voters of South Africa will look into those parties which have been in the vanguard calling for the government to act, and we are still doing that. I hear, the, I see in the media, they, they say, yeah, since Zuma is gone, the opposition has no issues. Take for instance, the EFF is talking about land. I'm busy uh, cleaning up the government institution on corruption. Why, what, what must we, why must we not be credited for that? What do you feel? We got about a minute to go. Incredibly, yeah. what do you feel about um, the the fact that from now on, political parties would have to declare their funding? You made the point earlier that your your ability to grow your party is restricted by a lack of funding, right? How, how will this change things? Once more, I feel vindicated because in 1999, 2000, uh, we called for uh, the, the new legislation for parties to declare. Even then, IDASA took the 
uh, the ANC government and DA were vehemently opposed to that. And uh, fortunately, they have now seen light, uh, but DA is still dragging their feet. We want to know if you are funded by Israel or by uh, Nigeria or Saudi Arabia, how much are they giving you? And what in return are you owing them? Last, lastly, we're going to wrap up in 30 seconds. South Africa, 2019, post-election. Where would we be as a country? South Africa is, uh, is, is, big, is, 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 uh, is bigger than any political parties. And this is a strong brand. And uh, I hope that the voters of South Africa will put all our eggs in one basket. Okay. We have seen that uh, one-party dominance breeds corruption. Let's leave it at that. We will have further chats, I'm sure, outside <laughs> outside World Cup soccer events. So we'll have more chats and debates around many, many important issues in the build-up to the election and beyond. General uh, Bantu Olubisa, thank you thank for you. your time. Leader of the United Democratic uh, Movement, our big hitter for the night. We'll have a podcast of, uh, of tonight's uh, interview up sometime around lunchtime tomorrow. We'll talk about other things around the big picture, but let's get the news now. It's 9 o'clock.